Good to have you here today at BIV Today, the daily business podcast from the Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. I'm Kirk LaPointe, Editor-in-Chief. Now, with all the economic news we're drowned in right now, the stock market's volatility, the local housing challenges, the trade wars, I think it's a nice break to talk about something in business that provides also a little escapism. Next month, Vancouver is going to play host for the first time to a significant men's and women's NCAA basketball event. Four men's and eight women's teams are going to stage games at a customized arena inside the Vancouver Convention Center, a really unique facility for that. The men's teams are from Minnesota, Santa Clara, Texas A&M, and Washington, and the women's teams actually feature the national champion from Notre Dame, teams from Gonzaga and Rutgers, Drake, South Carolina, East Tennessee State, Oregon State, and Western Kentucky. Now, the logistics for this Vancouver showcase are quite the challenge. And my guest today to talk about the business of this is Howard Kelsey. He's a former national team member, an executive at uh, Basketball Canada, and he's one of the competition's organizers. Howard, thanks a lot for joining me. Thanks, Kirk, and thanks for having us on. Well, listen, uh, walk me through this. How does one go about getting these teams, these elite teams in the NCAA up over the border to play here? Well, obviously, it's quite complex, but not complex enough that we couldn't do it. The bulk of the credit goes to Brooks Downing and John Alba, our partners with David Monroe, who's local with me as the organizers. Um, BD Global does it for a living. They do over 100 of these events per year. Uh, We've also engaged the U.S. Consul General uh, for their visas and other issues. Um, So we have great support from the City of Vancouver through Michelle Collins and Tanya at Sport Hosting, Ken Cretney at Pavco, Ty Spear at um, Tourism Vancouver, and Russ Cowan at the Hotel Association. But the short answer is we're all on the same team, and it takes a lot of work. Yeah, it, it, this. I mean, I think you and I have talked about this tournament now for a couple of years. I, I don't yeah. want to call it a tournament, by the way. I guess it's a showcase. That's the best way to put it. Um, and you know. It has taken that amount of time to really uh, clarify who's going to come and what the format's going to be and all that. What kind of give and take is there along the way about which teams can come, what they qualify for, all of those types of bits? Well, as you know, Kirk, UBC tried to go Division One several years ago in all sports. Mm-hmm. The NCAA, especially in Division One, Simon Fraser is in Division Two. Uh, it's very complex at the Division One level, um, and it's very demanding. So you have to reach a certain type of uh, standard and regulation to be able to do it. End of the day is these teams are allowed to come here once every four years, and four years is a normal rotation of eligibility of those that stay in their regular uh, eligibility uh, rules. You get four years, or you get five years to play for unless you get a medical exemption a military exemption, or in the case of, uh, of Brigham Young, uh, a religious exemption, but four years of normal rotation. Mm-hmm. So these teams can come once every four. We'll just rotate teams, hopefully in the similar conferences. And then obviously we have to comply with all immigration customs issues in Canada. And then the most important thing is, where do you play? The number one rule of business, apart from keep it simple, stupid, is location, location, location. And there's no better location, literally, in this city. It's one of the most iconic buildings in the world. Uh, Under the sales at the uh, Vancouver East Convention Center um, is a no-brainer for us. 
It's perfectly located on all transportation routes. You literally walk off the SkyTrain, which my brother Doug used to be the COO of, go up the elevator and you're in, or come off the Sky Bus or the C Bus on the west, on the uh, north and west Vancouver, and you land right there. So the location is uh, basically without rival, and the downtown community can literally walk out of their offices and come. But, but Howard, I can tell you, uh, I've been inside that convention center uh, many, many times. I, I, I can't say I recall seeing a basketball court in there. Uh, what did you there's have to never what, what, what do? You, yeah, what do you have to do? What do you have to do there? Well, there's a tremendous amount of work. So the floor will start going down next week, portable floor. Now, this is normal in Las Vegas. For example, at the MGM, we drop numerous events down there, and we'll do it again multiple times this year. So it's new for our city, but it's not new for a, 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 a city like Las Vegas, which is a tourism hub. Mm-hmm. And that's what our tourism partners are trying to do is create a sports and entertainment opportunity. This was once used, this venue, uh, in the Davis Cup. And oh. that's where we got the idea through tennis, because if you can play tennis, the issue is the height of the building, apart yeah. from the length. But yeah. the number one thing for basketball is the height because of throwing the ball. But when we realized they could play tennis in there, we went back and checked the files, then there's tons of room. We can actually literally drop down two floors. Uh, but at the end of the day, is it'll be about a 3,100 to 3,300 capacity building, which is similar to UBC. UBC's fire capacity at War Memorial is 3,650. So approximately the size of War Memorial. You drop down the bleachers. You drop down the portable goals. You drop down the uh, rotating advertising panels. Uh, and then we'll also have in other salons inside of the convention center, a fan zone, which Jamie Pitbledo, who was the uh, leader of the Grey Cup when it was hosted here in Vancouver, used to building that out. So short answer, Kirk, it takes a lot of creativity. Yeah. But we have unbelievably talented partners in the convention center and in tourism in the hotel association. And, and BD Global, that's that's their living. Was, um, was the location issue the reason why you wouldn't put it out, say, at UBC? Well, there's a couple of issues with UBC, and, and it's not specifically UBC. We literally did a tour of all of Vancouver, mm-hmm. and UBC has another complex issue. It's not a member of the NCAA, and it's in the middle of CIS season. Oh. So using their facility at the time, and we've tried to work with them, Cavi, uh, uh, Kevin Hansen, Debbie Huban, and the rest of the UBC admin all wanted it there. But when you try to put it on their campus in the middle of their own season during CIS, Logistically, it's not necessarily uh, the easiest thing to do, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't want to swamp their boat. So we had to pick a, a neutral site. And when you go around our city, there isn't anyone that's ideally, they all have Achilles heels, too big, too small, too far east, too far west. Mm-hmm. This is right downtown, and you just say it's under the sails at the Vancouver Convention Center, and literally people all over the world know exactly where it is. Yeah, tell me a bit about um, the business model for this, Howard, because it, you know a, a convention center capacity of say thirty one hundred or so uh, isn't, of course, a typical NCAA game. I mean, some of these games draw, you know. I've been to Syracuse. I mean, it's 54,000. Syracuse is the largest in the world, yeah. uh, largest in the NCAA at 39,000. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you get some incredible, incredible uh, uh, crowds at these. How do you make this one work at that at that scale? Well, first, if we had a UNC in, in Brooks Downing around Kentucky basketball for 10 years, and, and Kentucky 
it wouldn't fit because the Kentucky fans alone would represent at least 3,000. <laughs> in this case, at 3,100, we're going to have a very comfortable, great sight lines for everybody, and we're not at the level, nor do we want to be yet, where we're putting in more than 10 or 20,000. And on a personal level, I don't really like sitting up in the in a box looking down with binoculars. Yeah. It's great for social issues, but at the end of the day, is you want to be courtside and feel those players. So 3,100 is good, and we have multiple games per day. So the first day, 5 p.m. will be University of Washington, Santa Clara. Then there'll be another one following that at 7.30, which is Texas A&M, Minnesota. We'll do the same thing Tuesday. We have a game on Wednesday, University of uh, Washington, against Minnesota on the Big Ten Network. And then Thursday, there'll be four games for the women, and you've highlighted two unprecedented. We have the number one team currently ranked in the nation and the team that won last year. They only lost one player, Notre Dame. And you have the number two team ranked in the nation, South Carolina, that won it the year before. Mm -hmm. Those are both in our tournament. Oregon State's ranked number 12. Gonzaga has Luis Forsyth from Brookswood, and they won their conference. Uh, Rutgers has a Hall of Fame coach, Don Smiley, Staley, sorry, and uh, Muffet McGraw is in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. So you've got big-time women's and men's basketball coming here, and if they don't get into the one game and they need to buy their tickets soon, tickets-tonight.ca, because there'll be some games that will be sold out. But we have multiple games during the week, and we go Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the women's final which unless there's an upset will be number one in the nation against number two in the nation, uh, South Carolina, Notre Dame. Wow. So yeah. pretty good roster. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm trying to test my basketball uh, trivia knowledge here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Steve Nash went to Santa Clara, didn't he? That's correct. Ah. As did Mark Trasholini. Okay. Well, I have to think you're going to get Nash out to one of these games, right? Well, we've sent him the invite and hopefully he's coming and we're waiting for his confirmation. <laughs> now, uh, the men's, so the men's, um, uh, uh, I guess competition is a little bit different than the women's competition. In this case, you had to make a, a couple of changes in this one, I guess, toward the end, uh, you came up with a round Robin in this case, right? Correct. For four teams, uh, yep. there's different philosophies End of the day, Kurt, I'll take the heat. I'm one of the people that was responsible for asking for a delay for one year because we did not want any quote weaker teams mm -hmm. the first year we wanted well-known established teams and in the end we ended up going with four teams instead of eight uh, and I think we've actually made the right decision you're going to have two games on the Sunday night mm -hmm. plus uh, the new CEO of Gospel Canada Glenn Grunwald will be coming here he's the former GM of the Knicks uh, the former GM of the Raptors we are going to host an alumni men and women uh, VIP reception before the game at 3 p.m. Uh, you're going to have a mix of all Canada basketball history. Uh, all Western Canada, Team Canada alums, men and women will be there. Then you'll have two games on Tuesday for the men, and then you'll have one feature game, which we just added as an add-on to make up for the loss of the 18 with more television. It'll be University of Minnesota Golden Gophers against the University of Washington Huskies. Hmm. That's big-time basketball, and that's on the Big Ten Network. Are, are you you're, so you're getting um, uh, American TV on this one? Do you have a Canadian TV deal yet? TSN as well, as well as TSN Radio is broadcasting live on site the Tuesday and the Wednesday. Team 1040, Matt Sakara show will be live. Mm -hmm. Great. Now, um, 
you said, you know, the first year. So obviously you have a multi-year plan with this one. Uh, yes. Do you want to, do you want to put this into the same space of the year? Like, you know, the, the <clears throat> mid, mid to late November period. Is there a, a reasoning in behind that? It pretty well has to be this weekend or the next weekend. It's American Thanksgiving on the back end. Mm -hmm. And once they get into conference, there's no flexibility. So between the second week of November, usually, and the third or fourth week, and also from the tourism point of view, there are no cruise ships in dock then. So that helps our logistics. Yeah. And that's a custom cleared area, which is another advantage. Uh, this is a low time, probably the lowest time of year for tourism. So the hotel association and tours in Vancouver, tours in BC are very happy that we, we literally walked in off the street and offered this. This is like the sweet spot for tourism, perfect time to bring people here. And the hotel rates uh, and other rates around the city are much lower. You remember in the summer, you couldn't even get a hotel during the uh, peak summer month for less than $700, and that was on the North Shore. Mm. So this is a perfect storm, so to speak, for all of these things coming together. It's taken a long time. But now the uh, fruits are going to bear uh, great results. In the end, Howard, how many, how how large an entourage comes to town for this? Just with the teams themselves. The minimum on each team is an entourage of twenty-five people, including the players. So mm -hmm. multiply eight teams in women times twenty-five is two hundred. And multiply uh, eight teams, or sorry, four teams times twenty-five in the men is another hundred. Plus they bring the media, plus they bring their fans. UW, mm -hmm. Oregon State women, uh, and Gonzaga women are very close. We've yeah. been talking to Amtrak about the unique idea of training up those fans and alums from Seattle and Portland. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of aspects to it, Kirk, that few people have, have considered. It's a, it's a cultural phenomenon, the NCAA, basketball and football principally, and all we're doing is bringing it here, putting it here where people can see it live. So for Vancouver, um, this is a litmus test to show your spirit. And specifically for women, we strategically brought the women. Many only bring the men's teams. We want the women because we want to show Vancouver is female sport friendly and that we're women in sport led and women in leadership led. So let's pack it. I'm not worried about the Sunday tip off. I think it's gonna be hard to get a ticket. It already is. Tuesday the same, Wednesday the men, we need more help on the Wednesday. And Thursday, Friday, Saturday for the women, we want it sold out at least for the semis and the finals. Yeah, let's, uh, let's kind of focus in on the dates here that we're talking about. Uh, Tip-off is, tip is when? Tip-off is Sunday, three weeks from this Sunday, November 18th. The first game will be at 5 p.m. Uh, it's televised on the ESPN network. Mm -hmm. The next game will be at 7.30 p.m. The first game is University of Washington Huskies against Santa Clara uh, men, Santa Clara Broncos, Steve Nash's school, Mark Trashellini's school, uh, and then Texas A&M, which is a top-ranked team in the SEC. Last year in the Sweet 16, Texas A&M beat North Carolina, which is the defending NCAA champion, by 26. Minnesota Golden Gophers, great team, Big Ten team. That's on the Sunday. And that will be our inaugural. So get your tickets ASAP. There's not a whole lot left there. Tuesday night will be the same, but with the matchups that I've sent you, obviously different teams playing each other, but the four teams will cross over. And those games will be at 6 and 8.30 p.m., also on the ESPN network. And then Wednesday uh, afternoon, uh, it will be the University of Washington against Minnesota Golden Gophers. Yeah. And, and then the women, 
They'll tip off on Thursday with the number one ranked Gonzaga, uh, sorry, number one ranked Notre Dame against Gonzaga, and Gonzaga has a local player, Louise Forsyth, who also plays for Team Canada from Brookswood High Schools. And then we go three more games that day, three more games, four more games Friday with the semis uh, Friday evening. You'll likely have, depending on who wins, but if they don't get upset, you'll have the number one Notre Dame. Uh, number two, South Carolina on the opposite sides of the draw. And then if they continue to win, you would have unprecedented number one, number two preseason playing each other in our final Saturday evening under the sails. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then you get some rest, I presume. But then you get right back at it, I imagine, to get next year's event almost. Uh... We're already working uh, on various teams for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're ready to close for next year as well. But getting this one up, obviously, is, is, is the logistical challenge. But once you've done it once, it's just like when we started the HSBC Tower Classic in the year 2000. Most people thought we couldn't pull it off, and we did. And we ran it for 15 years. Now it's time to move on to the next league, which is NCAA Div 1 men and women's basketball, uh, which for our city is only a huge reflection. Do you think that, um, by the way, that, that by staging a, uh, an event like this, successfully for a few years is going to actually help lever UBC into the division one. Can that uh, help? We're, we're, as everybody knows, I'm a big UBC supporter as I am a Simon supporter. Simon's in a different league. They're div two. So it's a different situation. I will help UBC to play in this tournament or other options that we pitched out was to play Simon Fraser the first night because they couldn't uh, play in NCAA in league competition they're prohibited to play in league so whatever we can do to help ubc get a chance to play in this tournament and or get ncaa traction we'll do it and hosting this correctly certainly cannot hurt anybody's chances yeah howard good to talk to you good luck on this uh, try to get some rest between now and then and we'll see you courtside all right thanks a lot howard kelsey okay bye kurt and that's biv today for today thanks a lot for listening we'll see you next time